This is your regional newscast for Wednesday, January 24th. I'm Cassie Knust. A proposed ballot measure to create constitutional protections for abortion access could go before voters in November. Proposition 89 would amend the state constitution to prohibit state and local governments from infringing on the right to an abortion. Dr. Rebecca Cohen is an OBGYN in Denver. At the measure's campaign launch on Monday, she said Colorado needs to protect itself from the whims of Congress. National politicians in D.C. are looking every day to limit abortion care. And so that may mean that if we don't put the protections in place, the people may not be able to get the care that they need. An Ofer area man's body was discovered Tuesday morning near Waterfall Creek, south of Ofer. The Montrose Daily Press reports that he may have initially survived an avalanche. The man, since identified as Dr. Peter Harrelson, was found dead with evidence of traumatic injury. Local search efforts began when a neighbor reported his absence from a backcountry trip. The preliminary report from the Colorado Avalanche Information Center identified the victim as a snowboarder. Search and rescue teams, helped by a drone and infrared system, located the man's tracks and evidence of an avalanche. Avalanche risk in the area was moderate to considerable. Backcountry enthusiasts are asked to remember to check avalanche forecasts and follow safety measures. The Cedar Edge community gathered on Saturday to remember 7-year-old Jesse and 3-year-old Summer Hill, who lost their lives in an apparent murder-suicide earlier this month, committed by their father, James Jake Hill, in Route County. The Delta County Independent reports that teachers, school administrators, classmates, and friends attended the vigil to pay tribute to the young lives lost. The girl's mother, Tierney K. Miller, said she was surprised to learn of the impact her daughter, Jessie, had on others. Five candles were lit for those in attendance, one for grief, one for courage, one for memories, love, and hope. People wrote messages on balloons and released them into the sky as a farewell. The family has a GoFundMe set up to help with memorial expenses. Over in Delta, economic reports for the fourth quarter of 2023 are coming in. KVNF's Lisa Young takes a look at the county's numbers from Colorado Mesa University's latest reports. The Delta County labor market has slowed down from both last quarter and last year, according to Dr. Nathan Perry's fourth quarter report for 2024. Delta County has an estimated unemployment rate of 3.67%, while the labor force continues on its downward trend since 2020. Sales taxes in Delta County have fallen slightly year-over-year through November, falling by 1%. City sales tax data has fallen by 0.67% compared to last year. The Census Department's Small Area Income and Poverty Estimates notes that Delta County's poverty rate has risen to 14.6%, up from 13.9% previously. Despite some of the negative indicators, Delta County business filings are up, increasing by 5.79% year-over-year. Sales and use tax remain even from last year, while lodging taxes are up 15.7%. For KVNF, I'm Lisa Young. Governor Jared Polis and governors from eight other states are calling on the federal government to address the ongoing influx of migrants from the U.S.-Mexico border. They sent a letter to Congress and the Biden administration this week, urging them to, quote, put political differences aside and get to work on comprehensive immigration reform. They're also asking for more funding for cities and states. Denver Mayor Mike Johnston traveled to Washington, D.C. last week to make his case. He's leading a coalition of mayors from across the country calling for federal action on the migrant crisis. 
Over on the Western Slope, the Western Colorado Migrant and Rural Coalition, based in Montrose, has been working with migrants in our community. The nonprofit advocates for equitable access to community-based resources for rural, migrant, and seasonal farm workers and their families. I recently spoke with Angeles Mendez, the president of the organization. First, Angeles, what does your organization do? My organization pretty much connects the workers with resources in the valley. We advocate for them through seeking health equity and also help them navigate that healthcare system. And so how is the current conversation around immigration on federal and state levels impacting the migrant community here? Is that something you can speak to? Not necessarily, but, you know, I feel like now more and more we are relying on the H-2A visa program. In a way, it is and it's not hurting our country. And the way I see this is because we do have people that should be doing this job but refuse to do this job. So we give them to workers that have to come from other countries to do the job for us. And um, sometimes we don't pay them what we would pay somebody that lives here year round. And maybe this is something you can speak to as well. You know, Denver's currently sheltering about 4,500 migrants in the past year, about 37,000. And I understand they're moving to mountain communities. You know, they think that there's jobs out there, but the infrastructure may not support it. So I was wondering, how does this impact your organization or does it, you know, what does that look like for you? Well, you know, so far we have seen very influx of migrants coming in, mostly because the majority of them are from Venezuela. And the weather does not allow them to acclimate yet because the country where they're from It's a warmer weather considering that right now they are here in January. So they are thinking they can come, but, you know, assimilate to what we got going on weather-wise. It's very tough. So I haven't seen very many. And the ones that I have seen are families that are choosing to rather work in construction than work in that, you know, agricultural industry. What do you think are some of the biggest misconceptions people have about migrant workers? Not all of them are illegal. And the ones that are, that are you know, they, they are like, well, why don't we deport them? You know, the, the thing is that immigration, ICE, they know where the illegal people are. They know, you know, they just are not going to come get them because guess what? We're not going to have workers to do this work. That's the truth is like they know where they are. There's a lot of people that left their work, they weren't doing it, and a lot of people talk big, like, oh, I can step it up, but can you really step it up earning, you know, lower than the federal wage is? Can you support your family on that? Can you support your family on $12.50? Not really. There's those scenarios where, by law, they need to pay them the federal wage. However, there is those people that are undocumented. The employer knows they are undocumented and they pay them sometimes less than the minimum. I know people that sometimes go to work starting at $10 an hour because maybe they are beginners or maybe they just $11 an hour, maybe $12.50 an hour because they know they're undocumented and they have no voice. So labor trafficking begins. You can hear more from Angeles Mendez on Local Motion this evening at 6 p.m. on KVNF. Local Motion airs every Wednesday and Saturday here on KVNF, your mountain-grown community radio. And this wraps our regional newscast for today. I'm Cassie Knust.
As always, you can email in story ideas, feedback, and questions to news at kvnf.org. We appreciate your support of local community radio news. Your donation keeps us on the air and ensures KVNF will always be an independent source of information in western Colorado. Learn more about ways to get involved at kvnf.org.